So go onto your electronic calendar and just go forward a couple weeks and you'll find white space anywhere and block it off. Put whatever you want in that four hour, five hour block. And what's magic is that when you do that, when that day and time comes, you won't have anything in that space other than your block. And so people will say, I don't have the time. And that's not true. You have the time. You don't have the tools. You mm. haven't prioritized. And that's a choice. So just saying, I haven't made that choice yet, or I don't know how, that's okay. Yeah. And so when I'm working with somebody and they say, well, I don't have the time or I can't do this, it's, it's I don't know how yet. And we'll get there and let's start small. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dr. D's Social Network Podcast. Today's episode is with the wonderful Bunny Young. So serial entrepreneur, business therapist, virtual speaker, and retreat facilitator. Bunny is a wise person who's always growing and learning but who also votes for herself every day to move forward and be the person she wants to be. It's a huge takeaway from today's episode. I hope that you take that away and you make a vote for yourself. So listen in on my conversation with Bunny Young. All right, we're here with Bunny Young. Bunny, how are you? I am fantastic. I have no reason not to be. <laughs> I feel the same way. Life's pretty good. You know, it's nice. It is. The weather's great right now. It's not too hot. So I'm, I'm loving it. Where are you located? I'm on the East Coast in the U.S. Oh, man. I was just in North Carolina like a couple weeks ago, actually. Probably pretty humid. Very humid. I was in Raleigh. And uh, it was so humid, it was unbelievable. I had lived on the East Coast before, but now I'm on the complete opposite in Washington State. So I'm like- Okay, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Southern California. And so like, we didn't have humidity, we had yeah. the ocean. And That's so, right. um, I mean, not to say we don't have the ocean on the East Coast, it's just, it's different. And then I lived different. in, yeah. I lived in Tucson where it's, that's where I got my, um, graduate degree mm -hmm. and so that was just like hot and yes. no humidity no <laughs> water nothing so yeah. I, I feel like I've experienced the array of climates yes yes well there's definitely a lot going on I want to jump in a little bit about something that resonated with me about you you have a great Dane I do yes. and I we do. both have great Danes right I have there. a great Dane as well Oh, what, what, all right. So everybody that's listening and watching this, this is just where we completely geek out on Great Dane. So what color is your Great Dane <laughs> name, all the things. So if you're listening to this and you don't like Great Danes, just come, go get a just cup of coffee and come back. <laughs> My Great Dane's name is George. He's an awesome dude. He is massively big. Awesome. And he is like the tuxedo, basically. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's a great, gentle giant, you know, big leaner, loves yep. to lean. Yep. And uh, everybody that sees him is like, that's like the biggest animal I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have five. 
Whoa, wait, 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 <laughs> buddy, back it up, back it up. I may have a problem. Well, you got a Great Dane issue, you know, it's, you know. So let's see. Um, I can, I can see the picture of the three, there's three of them that are over, over there across <laughs> my office. Um, one is sleeping under my desk yes. right now. He's my service dog. Yeah. Um, and then I published a book earlier this year about my previous service dog, which is also a great Dane. And, um, so that was goose. And then we have <laughs> Guinness, nice. uh, general blue, Gracie gentry, and Titan, but we call him Gargoyle because all of our Great Danes have G names. So George fits in with our family. See, this is like, this is magical what's happening here. Yes, you know? and, and I'll context it for those of you listening. We only had my service dog and one other Great Dane. And then the, I'm, I'm probably the only, this is how Great Dane crazy I am. I bought the house next door to ours so my parents could move in next door because we had too many Great Danes. So I bought a Great Dane a house because it was too much. They, I mean, they still come over and we have five Great Danes under one roof, yeah. but right now there's three under my roof. And then my mom decided to get two puppies. So my husband and my mom adopted um, litter mates. So my husband has a puppy, my mom has a puppy and Great wow. Dane puppies are crazy. So. You know, that's amazing. I mean- and, you know, Great Danes, they don't have the longest lifespan. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of like you don't have them for that long. So it's beautiful to have one. You know? I know. That's why I had four grandparents is because they don't live that long either. <laughs> so I wanted to keep as many as I possibly could around yeah. as, so as long as I could. Wow. Well, I had to get to that because I was like, Great yeah. Dane owner. Yeah, it, I'm that. like, I am the worst Great Dane mom because you can't see any, every wall in my office has a Great Dane on it, yeah. but I have this umbrella light that is over here blocking yeah. the Great Dane portrait. <laughs> yes. um, but there's, I've, I've had clients painted Guinness and so, um, and he's beautiful. He's gorgeous. He's a big um, it's called Merlequin. So he's yeah. black and white and then he's mm -hmm. got some gray spots. So it's perfect. Wow. That's amazing. I know that's what everybody was looking forward to is this great dang conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I I'm like, Oh, here. Aha. Uh -huh. See, I did not uh -huh. fail. I did not fail that much. Hold on. Oh, that's the wow. husband. There's Look the great day. What a beautiful animal. That's there beautiful we go. Animal. There we go. How many people put their dogs on a blanket? I don't know. You do. And that's fine. I mean, <laughs> like, I can't take credit for that. A client actually took that off of my Facebook yeah. page and had it made. Um, it's kind of weird to be honest with you. you like know, maybe <laughs> my family picture on this big blanket in my office, but it helps when I get cold. I mean, you can always see yourself, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess it's, it's giving me like, I'm getting comfortable with the psychology of, you know, stepping into this identity. So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, I noticed you have some color going on in the back of your hair. So yes. we're part of the color team. We got yes. the color team. I got the blonde hair at the front, you know. <laughs> I love it when people are like, oh my gosh, like you're, you're, it, is that, did you dye your hair? I'm like, no, it's natural. I'm actually it's a natural. mermaid. Yeah. And it just, it comes out. You know what it's like? So, it's like business in the front, party in the back. That's what it's like. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mermaid mullet. That's really mermaid what mullet. it is. Is like, right. I just, it's kind of the, 
I don't, in in Virginia we have the Crown Act. Um, yeah. And I like as a professional speaker and doing work life alignment coaching, I like kind of challenging this identity of a professional mm. and like what does that look like and what does that feel like yes. and bringing our whole selves to work and expressing ourselves in whatever way feels authentic and feels intentional, like is such a higher value engagement for me to be Mm. able to, and it's not to say that I don't worry about what I say or don't worry about what I wear. It's just that I am comfortable with who I am. And that's because I've worked really hard at getting to know who that person is. And there's a lot of work to be done in today's world to get back to understanding who we are instead of what society tells us who we need to be. And so my hair is just like one of, you know, it's just interesting when somebody's like, you have tattoos and it's like in your head, what does a person with tattoos look like? Right. Right. Exactly. I just got one, but I just got another one. Actually. Yes. Look at this bad boy. Look right here. Oh, wow. That's fresh. It's fresh. It's fresh. It's fresh. I see leaves. Okay. Let me do it here. There we go. So it's like a Mayan okay. symbol, Mayan uh, temple, like the Chichen Itza have been there and then psychedelic plants. I love that they went yeah. back in there and did the white highlighting. I yes. can see that. It looks yeah. really nice. That's going to yeah. look amazing when it heals. Exactly. I mean, it already looks amazing, but the, I can see the white highlighting. And so when that comes in. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, you touched on something that I think is a good segue into about like business and how we look. I just laughed for a second. I'm like, no one else is listening, but we're going to have a great conversation. Oh, it doesn't Everybody matter. else has been like, what is it really matter? And tattoos? Like, where is this conversation going? By all means, transition into business. I will transition. But you know what? That's what I do on my show. I just talk about stuff you know, this is part of your life. It's not like it's not part of your life. I mean, it's like, it is. It's a hundred percent. This is, this is what I do on the daily. You're so in business, but you're also a person. Like. You're a person, you're a professional. And it kind of goes, kind of goes on maybe something more serious is that is what does someone who has tattoos, what does that mean? You know, what is that? How does that per- affect performance in somebody's mind? And what hurdles do you, do people have to overcome or that you work with who have those feelings about these types of things? I hear what you're saying. And I think that the obstacle becomes not being able to be yourself. Mm. And so somebody that desires to express their art, their heritage, mm. their beliefs through ink on their skin yeah when they're prevented from doing so or they believe that they will be judged for doing so say that decreases their comfortability at work 15 percent, and now you've got somebody who you're paying a hundred thousand dollars that you're only getting 85 percent from and so you're only getting eighty five thousand dollars worth of a hundred thousand dollar salary versus being able to say like in our companies, we hire based on values Mm -hmm. and there's also skills, but it's very much a value system and it's very much a community. 
And it's not, it's not a family because I don't want to discount your family. And I also don't want you to misunderstand what my family means to me and what I'm willing to do for you versus my family. And we also make it as safe as we possibly can. And so being able to say like, Right now we have somebody in our company that has been with us since 2014 and has evolved positions three times because of conversations and they look very different, but conversations that say, I still love what we do. I just don't love what I'm doing anymore. And we've also in acquisitions, we have lovingly supported individuals and starting their own companies that didn't necessarily want to go with the acquisition that we were going with or with a new product line. And so to answer your question, I think it's not what do we have to overcome in order to face those battles as far as being tattooed or having your hair dyed, all of those kinds of things. I think it's an internal permission to give yourself to unrelenting show up as yourself. And just if like right now, if you fail a drug test because you tested positive for marijuana. Yeah. And you're pursuing that for a medicinal reason as an alternative to using psychotropic medications. I'm a retired therapist. And so this is something that I've spent some time having conversations about and doing fireside chats within corporations. Cause now that marijuana is legal, what, what are we going to do as a company with drug screens? And so if you operate at your fullest value by utilizing marijuana for stress, for whatever it is, and your company says you can't come to work and use marijuana, then maybe that's not your company. Yeah. You need to be in a place where you can show up and feel like you can be yourself. And you, you know, I did a, a TED talk on this where I said, if you have to wake up every morning and you're a zebra and you have these big, beautiful black and white stripes, which we could get in a whole argument on whether <laughs> a zebra has white stripes or black, but <laughs> sure, we're just going to say sure. they have both. All right. So, and you go to work as a horse, you've got to wake up like 90 minutes earlier to paint over those stripes and try to fit into a community that you are not because you're a zebra and you're working with a community of horses and you're doing this job as a horse. And so how many sacrifices do you have to make on a daily basis? And then you come home and you get to your dinner table and hopefully you're eating dinner with your family at the dinner table and you're exhausted from trying to be a horse all day and you have nothing left for your family. Just tell yourself it's okay to be a zebra and go be a zebra in the world. The world needs zebras. That's the good news. The world needs zebras. The world needs horses. The world needs everybody. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. The world needs you. If you're listening to this, you're here for a reason. The world needs you. Most definitely. Now, do you think the attitudes, mindsets of employers have changed over the last, let's say 20 years in regards to how people look, uh, if if they're a zebra, and allowing them to be a zebra. Yes, and uh, I think we have a long way to go. Hmm. I think that because I I think as evidenced by companies paying people like me with turquoise purple blue hair to take Mm -hmm. the stage and say it's okay to bring your whole self to work and work-life alignment is what we're striving for instead of work-life balance. I think that that is companies attempting to make a change and it's also steering a cruise ship, not a jet ski. So mm. we have generations worth of stigmas and biases to overcome. And that comes a lot from what we see 
in, on TV and in the media as to what professionalism and an office environment looks like. Mm. And so we're catching up to that, you know, and yes. we have to change what we put in movies. We have to change. So it's, it is going, it might not be in my lifetime that we're going to see this. I also think that the possibility of remote working and hybrid working uh, in this past year was one of the best things that happened for being able to be your whole self because yes. the veils fell and we were all sitting in the middle of our chaos saying like, this is what I deal with on a daily basis. And I also get all of this stuff done for you. Yeah. What do you make of, uh, I've seen about like this massive kind of resignation across the country of people quitting their jobs as the employers say, Hey, come back to the office. We need to, and what do you make of all this, this pushback that we're seeing? I think that for so many people that I've spoken to for, for years, really, there's been the security of a paycheck and this security of just doing what they've always done because it's safe and it's comfortable. And the last year really made us all uncomfortable in some way, shape or form. And it's not just COVID. I mean, it's what we are going through as a culture and as a society and the questions that are being asked and the answers that need to be answered that we're finding out together. And so it was this giant awakening to, hey, what if I don't go to the office? Am I less productive? Why do we go to the office? you know, do I need to print something? No, we don't actually need to print anything <laughs> no, anymore. No. We all have Wi-Fi at home. We can be productive. We can communicate. And so people experienced this freedom. And so a company saying, yes, and you're going to come back to the office. It's like, no, I don't want to come back to the office. And so this life that we dreamed up of having this flexible work day and not having to do, who said we had to do eight to five? Who I said know. we had to do nine to five? So who weird. said we had to do 40 hours a week? Right. And so people were like, why? Why do we have to do this? And companies, some of them don't have a very good answer. Yeah. And so that's probably a lot to do with this massive resignation as well as people understand. I'm hoping, this is my hope, that people are understanding their real value now and mm. that it's not tied to a paycheck and 40 hours a week. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, a, it's interesting insight, I think, into that because it's like people got a taste of what it was like to kind of not be on the wheel anymore. Yeah. They're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I've been relying on this wheel, but when I got off it, I realized it's not everything I thought it was. Yeah. For yeah. that. And yeah. So for I, you as a business therapist, how have you dealt with people during this time in these transitions? <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear your answer on this. I just love how have I dealt with people? Yeah. Um, you, know, you got to deal I've with spent people. More, I've spent more time with my dog. <laughs> um, the Great Danes don't count, okay? <laughs> I, I have, I think I have a shirt somewhere that says the more people I meet, the more I like my dog. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I, I have encouraged companies, I've encouraged communities, I've encouraged governments, I've encouraged every human that will listen to live their life. And it's not to say this mass exodus is right for everybody. Mm. However, rethink everything that 
you've been that this operating system return to what second grade when we said what is it that we want to do when we grow up and really ask yourself that and see what the answer is and i'll give you an example of somebody that i worked with about three weeks ago where it's an executive that has a multi-million dollar house very nice cars and very nice family and is working to pay for all those things and we kind of got to the place where this individual was like, well, I'd really just like to live on an island somewhere and not, you know, experience this and, and not have to go to work, not have to do all this kind of stuff. And it's like, all right, what's that number for you to go live on the island? And long story short is we discovered by selling the house, selling the cars, selling everything, we could go live on the island. (laughs) And so it's like, why do you, I, I, I wrote, um, it's not my story, but I included it in the blog on our website about this executive who meets a man who's fishing. And basically the whole story is about how he wants to like help this man build an enterprise so that he can make all this money and then retire and spend, you know, his time how he wants. And the fisherman's like, I spend my time how I want. I fish in the morning, I go and cook the fish and I spend the rest of the day taking a nap with my family. And then we have dinner together. Like right. I've already got the thing that I, you want me to work so hard to get. And so how can you have that today? How can you have that thing today? You know, living with a heart condition having and being diagnosed with a heart condition, which is why I have a service dog. It's like tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so this idea of retirement just kind of evaporated for me. And it was one of the best things that's ever happened to me because it was like, how do I get it now? Those things that I said I was going to have in 40 years, how do I have them now? Like I just put up a, a autoresponder. I always have an autoresponder up, yeah. but I put up one that said, I'm off for the summer. You know, I've got this podcast and I've got a couple other podcasts and then next week I'm, I'm done. And people are like, how do you do that? I'm like you do it. That's the you magical just do thing. It. You <laughs> yeah. do it and There's 15 links on that autoresponder where people can find the answers that they're looking for and get started. And you don't need me to hold your hand. That's the magical thing. And 80% of everything we do in our companies, we give away for free. Yeah. Just to be able to to give you permission that you don't need from me. I'm not special and, and magical and have a magic wand other than in my life. I'm not the expert in you living your life. You are. So what's one thing today and, and write it down. We'll hold you accountable. If you want to put it in the comments below this, we'll hold you accountable. It's one thing that you're going to commit to today to starting to live this life that you're meant to live. And that's the kind of weird, amazing gift is that by you doing that, by every single person doing that, we make the world a better place. We don't have to focus on solving world hunger. Yeah. If every single person just does exactly what they're supposed to do, we have all the tools mm. in order to solve all the problems. So interesting. You know, as you said, just, you know, just do it. I, you know, I was in a conversation very similar to this and I was saying, yeah, you know, I never do anything between like one and like four thirty PM. I don't take any appointments. I don't know. I mean, I stare at the sky, do whatever, you know? And they're like, how do you do that? I was like, you just take the time. Like you, it's a zone that I will not encroach with other things. You know, you have to do it and make yeah. it happen. Is yeah. that something you see that people struggle with when you work with them tremendously with? I mean, it's something I struggle with. My coach had mm. me do five minutes of nothing. <laughs> Harder than per, you think. Harder day. than you think it is to do. Harder yeah, than you think. It's like 
staring at a wall is doing something. (laughs) (laughs) Making a grocery list is doing something. Mm -hmm. Imagining what animals the clouds are is doing something. (laughs) And so like, it's like, what, when's the last time we had nothing and, and hear from the psychology expert, like there it's impossible to not do anything. And it's a really interesting experiment for you to be, to, to catch yourself every time that your mind is like, Oh, squirrel, squirrel to your point about being on the wheel. It's not about stopping the wheel because we've all like, yeah, we've all been on a bicycle that's abruptly stopped. It's not fun. (laughs) Like the key is not to stop the wheel. The key is to slow the wheel down a little bit so that we can take some time to get off occasionally and then still be able to get back on the wheel when, and if we choose to do so. And so, you know, it's, I call it that white space. If you look at your electronic calendar Mm. and you fast forward a couple, I hope everybody listening to this knows what fast forward means. We (laughs) used to rewind and fast forward videos. They were called VCRs. Yeah, I'm 43, so I remember that for sure. (laughs) So if you skip ahead (laughs) a couple weeks there, yes, (laughs) be kind, rewind. Um, yes, <laughs> I remember that. I, remember I used to hate when I would get in and be like, I have to rewind this myself. Why didn't they do I this? <laughs> I know, I know. I still have like all of the Disney, like crackling, yes. like, oh, cassette I do or v- like VCR. I have those boxes and stuff where you take them yeah. out of the plastic oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I have the VHSs and, yeah. and my kids will be like, can you, can, can you just start it over? I'm like, nope. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta wait it and it's better if you stop it yeah. and rewind it <laughs> versus right. just rewind it because yeah, it's, it's a whole this thing. This is foreign to a lot of people so, I know, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yes. And if you don't know what an actual pencil's use is, find a cassette tape. That is what a pencil is actually made for <laughs> is to roll up your cassette tape when it unravels. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's the actual use of a pencil. Now you've just gotten now a history lesson. <laughs> so go onto your electronic calendar and just go forward a couple weeks and you'll find white space anywhere and block it off. Put whatever you want in that four hour, five hour block. And what's magic is that when you do that, when that day and time comes, you won't have anything in that space other than your block. And so people will say, I don't have the time. And that's not true. You have the time. You don't have the tools. You Mm. haven't prioritized. And that's a choice. So just saying, I haven't made that choice yet, or I don't know how, that's okay. And so when I'm working with somebody and they say, well, I don't have the time or I can't do this, it's, it's, I don't know how yet. And we'll get there and let's start small. How the, the best thing to do is to start having small wins now, because that gives us the momentum to keep going. You know, nobody, nobody would drink smoothies for the rest of their life if they didn't get some kind of benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's nice to be able to, to start with some small wins. Man, that was powerful. You had the time. You just don't have the tools yet. I mean, it's so it's eloquently said. (laughs) <laughs> but it also made me think of like when you said operating system, I hung on to that word operating system, which, you know, feels like very computational, but it's sometimes like a fear our life we're, we're operating in this operating system that we feel like we're at MS DOS and mm-hmm. we're just moving slowly or we're hyperspeed and we don't know the directive to get out of that. Yeah. 
And that that's so difficult when you feel stuck. And I feel like this time we've been in the last year or so, people are starting to realize I'm not stuck. I'm not stuck. What am I going to do about that? You know? Yeah, you get you get the choice. It's it's interesting how life unfolds for exactly what you call forward. If you think that it's going to be hard, it's going to be hard. If you think it's going to be easy, it's going to be easy. And I think Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And let's go back to our AOL inboxes. You remember when we turned on our computer (laughs) and listened to dial up and waited 17 minutes to see if we had an email (laughs) and no one that in 2021 would wait 17 seconds for their inbox to refresh. And yet we did. And so we do have the capacity to change our operating system because we've upgraded our operating system and evolved into this current fast paced, fast food, Grubhub, Uber, everything Mm -hmm. on demand. And so what if you gave yourself sanity on demand? And what Mm -hmm. if, what if it was in order to go faster, slow down, instead of just go faster, go faster, go faster. I used to skateboard and there's the speed wobbles on a skateboard when you're going too fast and you're like about to just eat crap and people hit that in life too. They hit speed wobbles and noticing that you're hitting the speed wobbles doesn't mean you go faster. No skateboarder (laughs) on the face of this planet puts their foot down and pumps it's speed wobbles. Yeah. No, like it's all about relaxing and coasting into slowing down. And that's the pace that we're at as a world right now is it's not just, let's just go back to work and pretend like the last year didn't happen. It did. It did. And so you find the pace that works for you. And if you're feeling like, oh, this is, this is abrupt, lean into that and ask yourself, well, what, what am I missing? What feels, what would make this feel safe? And if you say, I don't know, well, what if you did know? What if you did have that answer? What do you think that would sound like? Because nobody else has the answer other than you. Most definitely. Most definitely. Do you feel like the, the kind of this exponential increase in technology, this super fast information highway has caused us to have to look and say, we have to slow down because this is just going to keep going faster. It will. Um, it is. I mean, look at, we had Instagram where we could look at pictures and then that wasn't enough. So then we had, you know, (laughs) stories where it would only be there for 24 hours. And now we have reels where we have to fit our entire lives into 30 seconds. And (laughs) then, you know, YouTube was like, okay, well, you don't want to watch a whole YouTube video. We'll make in, you know, YouTube stories, which are now shorts. And so it is unfortunately programming us to have shorter and shorter attention spans. And that's a choice. So we, we do a professional development retreat at a ranch and there's no cell phones, there's no technology. And, and this is something you can Google. It is a thing, but there's phantom vibrations. Right. And so we're at this retreat and there's people that are grabbing their back pockets because they think <laughs> their phone's going off or they're looking at their wrist, even though they're not wearing their watch because they think that their wrist is vibrating. 
And it is within like a three minute cycle, depending on your age and depending on your exposure that every three minutes you are distracting your, like what, what's, how are you going to get a project done and stay focused when you can't focus for three minutes without, you know, checking and seeing if something's buzzing or some kind of screen and it impacts our health and our sleep and all this kind of stuff that nobody really wants me to go into. (laughs) And it is definitely, it's definitely something to notice. And I'd encourage you now there's software on our phones to be able to look at digital well-being and all of this kind of stuff. And so, you know, I shut off, I think Instagram has like an 18 minute timer on my phone and my email. I don't actually even have my email installed on my phone. Here's, here is a secret. You can uninstall apps on your phone (laughs) and then they're not there. You didn't know that. (laughs) And then if you need them, you can reinstall them. But next week when I take, take a couple weeks off, guess there's like eight apps that are getting deleted off of my phone. Yeah. And when I come back, they can be reloaded if I need them. In seconds, literally they can be reloaded. Yeah. It's like, think about it as your winter coat. If you really, if you, if you're really attached to your winter coat, you still don't use it like eight months out of the year. That's true. And you can always go get it back out of your closet if you're really experiencing separation anxiety and you don't need it all (laughs) year long. Imagine you just take it out of your closet. I just wanted to wear it. it. I missed you winter coat. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, I I walked into my closet the other day and just like ripped a bunch of stuff off hangers and, you know, threw it in a pile to go and donate it. And my husband's like, what? why now? And I was like, I don't know, because I walked into my closet and it just felt like too much. And I realized I wear like the same four things over and over again. So like, (laughs) why, you know, like when, when you can't open your drawers anymore and you're just living on what I call like the surface (laughs) level of your drawer, like you don't actually go into your drawer. You're just living on the surface (laughs) level. You could probably get rid of three quarters of what's in that drawer. You're blushing so bad right now. You know what I'm talking about with surface level living on your drawers. And I know what you're going to do now. This is so bad. No, you know, it's true. I know the same way. See, I'm, I'm in the fitness business. I wear basically just workout clothes all the time. And the other clothes, I'm like, eh. And my wife's like, you know, you wear like the same three or four t-shirts whenever you do wear a regular clothes. I'm like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I have, I have that ugly bridesmaids dress from like 2008 that is there as like my go-to if I've got to pack something that I can wrinkle and all this. And I thought the other day, I said, you know what? It's time for like somebody else to get this dress because it served me. And like, we're just going to pass it on to the next person because I, you know, it's 2021. I don't think I need this dress that has been sitting there for the past three years. And especially last year, I was like, I didn't even have to wear pants for like eight months. (laughs) So really, (laughs) yeah. why why do we even do this? Like, let's just, that's, I'm sure that uh, Wrangler and the jeans industry is is hurting right now. (laughs) (laughs) Probably so. Mm-hmm. or that it's just a it's it's an interesting conversation about how we spend our time but also how our society is is feels like it's on ludicrous mode from space balls 
And it's just constantly going, we can't stop. I can't, we can't stop in plaid mode, plaid mode, you know? And it's like, we need interventions to keep us from falling over the cliff constantly because we're all so busy and moving forward at an unsustainable pace in our life. We just had that intervention. I don't know what bigger- Yes, yes. I don't know what bigger sign you need if you've been looking for one. Yeah. So I, I think about it this way. I think this is from the book, Atomic Habits. Every choice is a vote for your future self. Hmm. So when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, you know what? I am going to be fit. I'm going to be a healthy person. I'm going to be healthier. And I grab a Heath bar for breakfast. (laughs) I have just made a vote against a future that I say that I desire. And so getting up and making sure that I get my 250 steps per hour, that's a vote. That's a choice that I'm making and I'm voting for my future self. And life is made up of a culmination of those choices. It's not that you wake up or listen to this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, they just changed my entire life. Like my life is totally different now. I wish that was the case. If we had magic wands to do so, I may do it. And I probably (laughs) wouldn't. (laughs) I probably wouldn't because I think there's a benefit in you doing it for yourself. You know, it's like if somebody did it for me, I don't think I would have the tools to be able to do it for myself as many times as I've evolved myself in my life. And so that's why I say I may do it, not because I'm, you know, evil. It's because I want you to be self-sufficient and I want you to know how to do it. It's more powerful for you to know how to make the changes in your life. And then you can do it anytime that you want. You don't have to be reliant on me in order to do that. And so, you know, what kind of vote are you going to make today for what kind of person? And it's the difference psychologically. It's the difference. I'm going to use fitness. It's the difference between saying I'm on a diet or I'm working out to I'm an athlete. It's an identity shift versus a choice. And so right now you had talked about, you know, the mass resignation, Mm -hmm. there was an identity shift of, I can be productive and successful working from home. Yes. And those people now have that identity. And so it doesn't align with the identity of somebody that works in an office. And so if I'm an athlete, I'm not going to have a Heath bar for breakfast. Yeah. That's just not in my identity. And so what are you voting for? And what's your identity? What are you voting for? Man, takes on an interesting meaning outside of the, well, uh, the political aspects that we always see that voting for oneself and voting for something that is based off of a choice that you want to have happen for that. How did you vote for yourself over this past year? I journaled. Mm. I started a new breath work um, investment. I started a pre-doctoral program. I made a commitment to sing at the top of my lungs to my children, since they are the two beings on the face of this planet who actually enjoy my singing. (laughs) (laughs) And I do like singing. It's just the fact that they don't they they love it and right. the rest of my family starts making dark like dog barking noises they're like um, no <laughs> any disney any disney tune i got you wow um 
and I, I started riding. So I've ridden horses my entire life and horses mm. are such a huge part of not just my professional life in the retreats that we run, um, but also in my personal sanity. And I was in a really bad car accident and I got a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. And there was a decision made that it was like horseback riding and traumatic brain injuries are not things that go together in life. Right. And yet I remember a conversation that I had when I first got pregnant with our first daughter, where my midwife was like, I don't recommend that pregnant women take up horseback riding. And that being said, it's most important that the mother is sane and not stressed. And so if it's something that is an activity that helps you with that, then go for it. And so I knew I, I had this belief that as long as I was true to myself and this was the best medicine that I could give myself in order to keep going after this traumatic brain injury. And so over the past year, I mean, there's the horses are tired of seeing me <laughs> right? because I've, I've ridden more than I've ridden in probably 25 years. And all of that is because I'm not driving and I'm not flying and it's amazing. And it's really good for the planet too. So I think that our, our business model currently is like 95% virtual. Um, and we're probably going to stay that 95% virtual. There may be a couple stages that I take, um, you know, and go and decide to do that. And they, we're still going to do the power retreats in person. You know, I have not found a way to deliver those virtual. Right. So people fly in and do those. And I, that feels good for right now. And I'm going to continue to check in and see what, what the world needs. There's been a lot of studies on the efficacy of virtual versus in person, in personal training, in therapy, in, and they've actually found that in some ways, especially with uh, mental health therapy, it does help with session cancellations and no it, yeah. So, so it's, it's just been really really interesting. And those are the ways that I voted for myself. And I've also, I've also just kind of listened a lot more to um, my herd and my community. I have less people and less noise in my mm. life right now, because it was very easy for me to just not participate. We, we have this thing in business of like networking. <laughs> And like, bring your business cards. And I was just sure. like, why? Like, this is not intentional. This is, no. a, for me, this is a spray and pray approach. <laughs> and I, it didn't feel in line for me. This is just for me. It didn't feel in line. And then I did a virtual networking thing and just was like, you know, I really just want to focus on creating the free access to it, it's actually, I replaced all the networking time and wrote um, how to stay sane during insane times, which was our free ebook. And I, yeah. it's like 40 pages long. And I wrote it in like three days during my networking time, because I was like, it, this is better do this, you know, cause all these people were showing up to virtual networking because it was what they did when we were in person right. and they were like, okay, we just need to do it. And I'm like, no, we don't, we don't, <laughs> but we don't. You definitely don't. You definitely don't need to do it. And network no. is an tr interesting thing because I'm very much of a very similar mindset to you about that. 
I, I mean, I tend to always just do it one-on-one -on -one with people. I have like six or seven phone calls a week with people, chatting with them, learning about them. How can we be supportive of each other? Uh, I used to do the, you know, whole business card thing. Crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. I never yeah. liked it. Very weird. It's kind of a high schoolish <clears throat> type of environment. Click, yeah. driven, you know, type of thing. It's strange. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and then I get on somebody's email list and I'm like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, didn't vote for, for this. You did not vote to be on that email list. This was not what I voted for. <laughs> and, you know, but it's interesting now because if somebody unsubscribes from our starfish stories, we don't do a newsletter, we do starfish stories. And so it's either a YouTube video from me or, or something mm -hmm. that's, it's very similar to like Tim Ferriss's five bullet Friday. Yeah. And so when somebody unsubscribes, I actually take the time to send them an email and be like, hey, I respect your your vote. And is there something that I can do better? Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that we're able to still have those conversations. And I feel like that's the definition of a network versus networking in kind of the business and, and the way that it was being used was very, it was like a hundred one foot wells. And yeah. my ethos is more of one hundred foot well. I'd rather be able to say, Hey, what can I do to support you making the world a better place to every single person that unsubscribes or that subscribes than yeah. have, you know, 130,000 people on my email list that like, we have a 38% open rate. That's unheard of yeah. for emails. And sure. like, I'm proud of that because at some point in time, like that means that over a third of the people that are in our network are receiving the value that I'm yeah. spending time creating. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think this is good food for people to ingest because I think there's so much information out there. There's so much saturation that the signal can get lost very easily. Yep. Whatever you're doing. Yep. So how do you create a strong signal that is maybe native, and feels good for what you're trying to accomplish yep. for that, you know? Yeah. And I love the whole title business therapist that I see on there, right there. How did you come up with that? Oh my gosh. Well, okay. Let's go back to the business card. So I, I'm a licensed therapist mm -hmm. and I'm a third generation entrepreneur and I was pretty dang certain. The only thing that I never wanted to be was an entrepreneur. Mm. And it's not because my parents or my grandparents made it look like awful. In fact, quite the opposite. It was just, I, I was a model and, you know, I knew I wanted to go to college because not a lot of people in my family went to college. And so I just, I liked the structure of it. I, I wanted to go into the military and because of my heart condition, I, I couldn't do that. And so my mom laughs about this, but while I was going to college, I started a swim company on the side just to have some extra money. And so it's like the first thing I did was like start yeah, a company. Exactly. Like first thing I did, but I didn't see it as that. I just saw it as like an opportunity to make some additional cash. And then I got my master's degree. I started to down the therapy route. And I really, in my tunnel vision, I saw two options. I could help a lot of people and not make any money or I could make money and have this lifestyle of freedom and travel that I really wanted with my family and not really help people because the people that could afford 
this was the story I told myself from the experience in private practice. The people that could afford private practice therapy didn't really need counseling. They didn't mm. really need a therapist. They just needed somebody, an expensive friend is how I put it. <laughs> and so I went to my supervisor and I said, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go back to school and figure out something else. And my supervisor said, well, have you explored animal assisted therapy? And so I had a service animal and it just so happens as you, the universe would have it that her husband is an amazing uh, equestrian and also a brain surgeon. And so we started studying animal assisted therapy and trauma and horses and slowly, but surely um, there was a, a person that attended one of the therapy sessions that happened to be a CEO of a very large, large, large company and said, I want to bring my team. And we were like, you want to bring your team to therapy? And they're like, yeah, we need to establish communication and trust and leadership and boundaries, all these things that we learned with the horses. And so it evolved because he's like, we need somebody who went through the retreat with us to come back and work with our company and hold us accountable. And I was like, I'm a therapist. I'm not, I'm not a business coach. I'm not a consultant which I laugh at that now because basically everybody is a consultant. Um, consultant is the word that you put on your business card when you don't know what you are. And <laughs> so, so I went out and I went to Chicago and I worked with them and I hired my uh, business coach because I said, I don't know what to put on my business card. Um, do I put coach? I mean, I'm a therapist. So a coach in my head felt like a step back. Do I put like, I, I explored everything from like guru to whatever. And I laugh now because what I ended up putting on my business card was my name. And so business therapist is an evolution of what people saw and what they felt aligned with. It's not something that I necessarily call myself and it's not, it's undefined. And so it at least it, it comes from those that I have supported. And it also opens up curiosity to those that are like, what if, what if I could have alignment in the same level of mental health in my personal life is in my professional life? What if there was such a thing as a business therapist? And so it feels really good for right now to be able to have that support from both sides. And it's almost like a title that has been bestowed on me. And, you know, I've been called nicer things and I've been <laughs> called not so nicer things. So business therapist is just something that I feel like has opened a lot of doors. And yeah. so I'm honoring that space. That's really awesome. I mean, uh, it, I certainly resonated with that too when I saw it. And um, just seems like you're a really wise, wonderful person, Bunny. Thank really you. Do. Yeah, I received that. I received yeah. that. You have a great presence about yourself, and uh, I feel like you you know yourself, but you're always also searching, continuing to grow as well. I think that's a powerful combination of knowing and seeking at the same time. Yeah, and uh, it just comes off really genuine and uh, awesome. So yeah, I'm I'm grateful. It's very. I I receive all of that, and I will say that it's very easy to be myself. It's very difficult to not be myself, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and that's, that. that's, um, I think from decades of modeling or mm. I, I guess 
yeah, I, I would have to do some math, which goldfish yeah. in my brain is not swimming so fast right now. Mm. It's we're, we're definitely in a society of yourself. I mean, this goes back to how we open the conversation. Being yourself is not enough. Yeah. And it's like, no, wait, being myself is all that's required mm-hmm. to show up in life. And, and that's, thank you for recognizing that. Cause it's an evolving relationship, you know, to, to wake up in the morning and start your day with somebody else's agenda mm. is where a lot of people are. Yes. And so I lay in bed and figure out what my agenda is. What do I want from life? This is my life. I woke up. So obviously I'm here for a reason. And so what, what do I want today to look like? And that also gives ample time to snuggle with the three great Danes who have taken over my bed. That's full circle back to the great Danes. And thank you for showing up with me today. I really appreciate that. And uh, your time is valuable. And uh, just like I feel mine is, you know, I told you about kind of my sacred spaces I keep from kind of going into that right now. So I'm grateful for our connection. Yeah, thank um, you. One thing I want to say before we leave is, you know, on whenever I have people on my podcast, it's never a one-off in the sense that, you know, it's, it's my social network. So once you're in my network, you're always part of my network. I will contact you again outside of this just to see how you're doing, how you're feeling, and how I can be supportive of you and your life to be the you that you are for that. I love nurturing the relationships I have with people. So I want to make sure you know that I plan on doing that. Uh, Absolutely. As well. So I'm, I'm, I'm open for it. And I think we should vote in the comments. If you should dye your hair turquoise <laughs> for our next, our next rendezvous. That's a new idea for me. <laughs> right? We can vote on it. Everybody vote, vote on this. Okay. <laughs> Bunny, you're amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the rate and review section. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>